Hey guys, it's the Man Fuse Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. back. <laughs> I'm Eeyore. Hey guys, <laughs> um, you've listening to. Hey, hold on. What if I started this episode like this? Hey, this is the Man Fuse Podcast. I'm Kaylee. My co-host next to me, Ben H. And then I was like, "Good morning. It's Would... nice to see you all today. <laughs> Thank you for." Tuning in. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> now, with a fast pace weekend that we have ahead. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be nice. It's going to be so energetic. Can you feel the energy? I'm just feeling my energy spike. I can't <laughs> with you. Do you remember? It was so funny when... It was the previous political season in the mm. campaign circuit. And there was one monumental moment when I saw ex-president, now outcast, Donald Trump. Well, I don't know if he's outcast. I haven't, even, I haven't heard anything about him. But I remember him getting on stage and he was like, because he was the leading candidate. So he was, cl- he was like the, the front guy. Are we talking 2016? Yes. Okay. Jeb Bush. Yeah. Was at the end. Right. And he goes... Look he at this guy. He goes, he goes, he's got low energy. Yeah. And Jeb Bush goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Trump ate his lunch, dude. Oh, my God. But just from that observation or that insult or that, that neg, yeah. it defeated Jeb Bush. The whole thing was over. And the whole thing was over. Right then. And he's like, what? He was thinking to myself, how do I come out the gate with energy to show him wrong? Yeah, yeah. But there was nothing he could muster. There was nothing he could do. And then in the next debate, actually, Jeb really tried to pipe up at DT. And he goes, and and Trump's like, oh, okay, Jeb, you're a tough guy. Hey, you know what? Be quiet. Shh. Be quiet. Uh, And shut up. (laughs) He was like, what? I, and he was like, shh, be quiet. His people were probably like, you got, they were probably giving him like smack. Well, the whole crowd was booing him. Uh. The whole crowd was booing Trump because Trump was just tearing it, tearing into Jeb's ass. And then he turns it on the crowd and he goes, all of these people in the audience, these are all his donors. And that's the only reason why they're not loving me right now, because they are giving him the financial backing. And guess what? They'd give it to me if I asked for it, but I don't need their money. Uh. I don't need anything. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, he I'm tore not, into the crowd. And he tore. Uh, everyone <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he tore into everybody's ass. <laughs> so speaking, uh, can of, you imagine just doing that? I mean, just commanding the, just fucking like destroying you know, a crowd, just wielding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot. Most people would be like, "Oh my god, the crowd is booing me." Yeah, and he's like, "Ah." Oh. This is a Monday for me. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even had breakfast yet. <laughs> yeah. This is normal. This is how I go to bed. This is what I listen to on repeat oh as, as the sound that soothes me. It's <laughs> like people man. booing me. That brings up a good observation and a good thing for you to put into practice because it's like this. If you don't care what people think and you don't care about the haters that are coming out to boo you and you actually... It doesn't become a frightened or a a bad thing for yeah. you, right? Which right. most people, if they're not used to getting booed, if I stood on stage even and the crowd was booing me, I'd be like, my heart would start beating it happened, fast. It happened to me before. Was it when you were giving a speech and I was in there, like yeah. you know, and I was out in the crowd? No, man. I was twenty years old. I was oh, in was Germany, baby, and I was back in the day when I was writing a lot of. I was writing and I was like rapping. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? My stage name was L-I-T. Lit. And uh, it meant life is temporary. Ooh. And that was the subject matter of all my stuff. I just wrote about my experiences and it just ended up being really cool stuff. So anyways, I had a producer. I had a whole team. Like I had a whole group of people. You know, it was great, man. Like we, we would even sell the CDs and shit. Like it was crazy. Man, could we get one of those CDs? Where are those CDs? Where there, do they I've live? got a couple. Oh, dude, I, yeah, you, I've still do, got oh, some. Oh shit, Absolutely. we might have Absolutely. to pull some of those tracks. So it was fun, man. It was fun. But anyways, and so there was an event and it was a talent show and my guy that was producing all of our stuff signed me up for it 
And it was in like Mainz, Germany, which was like a 30, 45 minute train ride from Heidelberg where I live. Living in Germany was wild. Towns are like 20 minute train ride this way, 10 minute train ride this way. There's trains everywhere. You can get anywhere you want to go. Just like, boom. Anywhere in Germany. You just get on a train. Boom. Go anywhere. Wasn't that, I mean, Europe essentially is like that. Pretty, yeah, it's the Europe's Eurorail, like right? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, so we go to this place and it's on an army base and it is the crowd is 100% black. Oh, I people. love that. 100%. Well, when it was my turn to go, and the crowd either clapped or they booed. They either approved or they did not approve. And it was a lot of people. It was like, I mean, I'm serious when I say it was like four to 500 people. Like a packed auditorium. You know what Jeez. I'm saying? Packed auditorium. I'd say 95% of the African-American descent, Okay. As soon as I got up there, they started booing me. Like before you even said a word. Before I even started. And then my shit came on and I started doing my thing and they booed me and I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to do my thing. You know what I'm saying? But at a certain time, they like cut you off. And so they just cut me off. I just got completely booed (laughs) and cut off stage. Now, interestingly enough, a couple people came up to me after the show and they were like, I just want to tell you, that I was in the front row, and from what I heard, that was pretty dope. And he was like, they didn't even hear you. They weren't even listening to you. They were just booing the idea. Yeah, the idea of you. (laughs) (laughs) They were booing the idea of you getting up there and rapping. You, You, your whiteness. Yeah, you're so pasty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're so white, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, as yeah. soon as you opened your mouth, they hated every second but of it. But the funny thing about it is that the guy that was the producer, okay, he's a black guy. And most of the people that I was with that were promoting me were also. They're the ones that signed me up for this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they did you wrong. <laughs> you guys are my friends? Is this what you you call yourself? You can't fucking, what are you guys going to do about this, you know? Right, right. Like, like, is someone going to just mediate and be like, hey, give, yeah. give, give, give white man a shot up here? I used to do a lot of that. And I literally, that was the only time I ever got booed. I've performed in front of so many audiences and I always got standing ovations. People always went fucking bananas when I would do it. That's why I did it. That's why I kept doing it. So let me ask you this. So do you still have nightmares of being booed off the stage? That one. Did it leave a scar? Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? It was definitely not a good feeling. Anytime you go to speak in front of anybody, you get the anxiety of. Exactly. I mean, so you think about that. And I was putting myself out there. I was putting myself in that situation. Hey, and there's nothing more. As I had many times before. And you continue. You should continue. And I I do every fucking day. And you know what I mean? Like, that's ultimately what we do, right? But to do it in that way was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Especially in Europe. I mean, you go to Switzerland and you rock a fucking club. They got all these underground clubs. Oh, I bet. You know what I'm saying? You're in Switzerland somewhere and fucking... You know, they're playing hip-hop, and everybody's just fucking loving it. You the know Alps I mean? are behind you. And you're you. like, yo, give me the mic, and then give me a beat. You just fucking... And I had books of material, so I could just go for fucking ever to anything. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Because I had been writing in the desert, just stacks of paper. And you had it pretty much memorized, because what it else... It was all fuck? memorized. What the fuck else are you going to do? I had, yeah, so I had an hour of material memorized. You could just anywhere... I could go anywhere, turn on a beat, I'll fucking rock the mic. You could go to page four and just start I'll rapping just in your mind, mind right? Yeah, just give you're me like, a fucking... Huh, I'm just going to start with page four, so, line you know, three. So you're with your boys. You're rolling around all over the place in Germany. This is when you were on break, right? Just the weekend. Oh, the weekend. Just the week. Just the weekday. It was like a job. You get off at five, and then what do you do? You put on your clothes, and you go out into Europe. Uh, and there's parties okay. every night. There's clubs every night. Dude, so you can just show up anyway. So we had a whole team of people <laughs> that we rolled with. You know a lot of them. Right, right, you know right, right. And we just roll up in spots, dude. And, yeah. you know, freaking, <laughs> you know, whatever. Hang out, drink, joke, you know. Right. Get rowdy. So it'd be give like. Give me the mic, put a beat on, boom. So it'd be like you guys would be just like a work day. You'd be like, all right, where are we going tonight? Yeah. You'd have your positions or your posts or your job each yeah. day, and then you'd be like... Yeah, you get up in the morning, you do PT every day. You got to be at PT formation 
at 6.30. PT, 6.30, 7.30. And then breakfast, or 6 to 7. And then you go to breakfast at the chow hall. The whole time you're wearing an Army uniform. Right. Right? And then you go put on your real Army uniform, your camo, and then you have morning formation at 9 a.m. You know, today we're going to the motor pool. So you'd be in the motor pool working on Humvees and shit like that. Or, hey, today we're going to unload a freaking tent. We're going to put up a tent. Today we're going to the range. We're going to shoot or whatever. Every day was different. Oh, really? You didn't have the same post every day? Sometimes you did. I mean, you know, I mean, no. It's wherever you were needed. Yeah, I mean, you're a soldier. You know what I mean? So, like, you're learning all the soldier stuff, whatever mission you're going to serve. And then you're off. You know, you go to lunch at noon. And then you're off 5, 6 o'clock. And you don't have to be back by a certain time? Next morning. <laughs> Next morning, 6 a.m. formation. Oh, so you could stay out all night. Oh, you do whatever you want. As long as you're up there at 6 a.m. But your ass better, you know. Don't, don't have any snags. Don't give them a reason to discipline you. Right. Meaning you're not allowed to leave the base right. or something yeah, like, that. like that. Exactly. Oh, you can't seem to wake up and be sharp and crisp. There was a guy. His name was Sergeant Schubert. Sergeant Schubert, if you're out there, I still remember you. In a fond way? In not a fond way. <laughs> but that's what he wanted. He did not want me to remember him in a nice way. His objective in life was to fuck me over, bro. You in particular? He particularly wanted to get me kicked out. Why? Of the military. With a dishonorable discharge. Why? This guy hated me. Dude. Why? I do not know. He just I was you. his soldier. Like, this is the most fucked up thing about it. He was my superior, like, NCO. He was my sergeant. I was his responsibility. You see what I'm saying? Right. And this guy, one time, he tried to get me to check in every two hours. He said, this weekend, it was Friday afternoon, and he came to me, and he said, hey, Heidenreich. He goes, you know how you were late to formation on Tuesday? And I was like, yeah. Why were you late? Monday. I was late that particular time because I was coming back from Switzerland, and I was late. Like, were you I up drove all back night? from Switzerland that night. I drove in late. Oh, you... I didn't get there. I wasn't even there when formation was happening. Did he know that? I believe so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so he was trying to hand down your punishment. So he was handing down my punishment at the end of the day. And he said, this weekend until Monday morning from now, you will report to the HQ every two hours. Like throughout the night? Every two hours for fucking four days or whatever. Friday to Monday. However many That's days that awful. is. awful. Think about that. <laughs> and if you don't report. What entails reporting? A phone call? You have to get up, walk down there, and sign in with the person who's sitting there. Oh, my God. And they have instructions to if you're not there to come get you. And if you miss... You're going to get in more trouble. Oh, that's awful. That means you can't sleep throughout the night. Right. You have to wake up every hour and 45 minutes just so you can get down there. With and a 50- sign your name. How many times are you going to have to sign your name? In a four days. Uh, so we got a t- two-hour well, block. Let's say, let's say it's three days because it's Friday Well, 12 evening, times a day. 12 Friday times a day. and Monday morning. So that's 48 hours. Four- 72 hours. Yeah. No, if it's 12 times a day at two hours a clip, that's 24 hours, right? 12 yeah. times 2 is 24, so, so 12 yeah. a day. 12 a day, so there's three days. So it'd be 36, 36 times. times. You, you have your signature 36 times. Over three days. Oh, my God. Every two hours. On the hour. That's fucked up. And I just said, no. I said, at first, I was like, okay, Roger that. You know what I mean? Because the guy was such a dick. If you argued with him, go ahead. Keep going. He'd just be writing you up. What? Oh, really? That's what you, Okay. Writing you up. He said, I'm a pansy. Formalizing it. I'm building a file on you that I'm going to submit, and it's going to get you kicked out of the Army. It is my intention. So how many times were you late? Was this a pattern? Yeah. (laughs) Because I... Not a really bad pattern. I mean, just every now and then, I would... Every now and then... Heidenreich's not here. Yeah. He's rolling in. <laughs> yeah, he is not here. So, oh, there he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rolling in with like a silver vest on. Oh, my God. <laughs> or some shit, you know? Why are you in a tuxedo? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wearing a tuxedo t-shirt. Yeah, for real. I used to get dressed up for sure out in Europe. Um, 
So what happened during that punishment? Did you show up every two hours? No. So I did the unthinkable. Ooh. I did the absolute unthinkable. And the problem was his superior was a sergeant first class. And he was, he, I had gone to him before about Sergeant Schubert. And then I had gotten in trouble for jumping rank. Okay, so he had presented- well, He knew that you went behind his back and went above him. Right, because sided with Sergeant Schubert and went back to Sergeant Schubert and was like, hey, just so you know- Heidenreich is telling on you. Right, exactly. And was like, on, had his back. So I knew I couldn't go to him. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And it was Friday. I was ready to roll out. You know what Your I'm saying? Your friends are like about to be a hide and right piece. <laughs> That's the worst oh. thing ever. Oh. That is the worst. Oh, the worst. Oh, I had that happen to me. Continue and I'll tell you my story. And so I did the absolute unthinkable because the top guy at the battalion as an enlisted person is your first sergeant. Or it's the company level at the company. The battalion be a sergeant major, but you would never want to go directly to the sergeant major. Heads are going to fucking roll. You jump rank like that, it's big. If you jump your chain of command, because your chain of command means you talk to that guy first. You talk to that guy second, but it better be fucking... You better not be wasting you, his fucking time. Yeah, it better not be some petty ass bullshit. Rain down upon you. And if you go to that guy, the third guy, it better be fucking bad. Because he's probably going to have your ass for even wasting his time with some bullshit. Oh, if you go straight to the first sergeant on some bullshit, you'll be in trouble. You know what I mean? And so that's what you did. And that's what I did. <laughs> I went straight to the first sergeant. And my fucking stomach was in my throat. Because so I couldn't ask anybody to go see him. So you just had to knock on his door. Yeah. Did he even know who you were? He was familiar with you as a person. Yeah. You know, some of these people are so far up, they might not even know who the fucking people on the front lines are. So I was heading down there, and the guy, the second guy, not the first guy, not the dickhead, he had given me the task, and he had left, okay? For the weekend. So I go down to talk to the first sergeant. Well, you know, the sergeant first class, who's the leader of my sergeant, is there. In his office? Outside of the first sergeant's office. Oh. And he goes, hey, Heidenreich, what do you need? And, you know, these guys protect the first sergeant. Like, you you know. Yeah, they, they don't want you to waste his time exactly. either. No, no. And so I said, I need to talk to the first sergeant. Oh. Which was, those are straight fighting words. Because he knows what you're about to do. Superior NCO. He knows I'm what you're. I'm telling you I'm about to jump over your head yeah. and drop a fucking bomb. But what was the bomb you were going to drop if you were in the wrong? Well. I just had faith that the first sergeant would hear my story, and I he was a really good guy, and I knew he would identify with me as a soldier. I knew that he would be able to look at it from my perspective. You know what I'm saying? And not from, I'm in I, charge of you. I knew that by me going to him, I had a relationship with him where, I mean, I don't know if he really liked me or whatever, but I always felt like he cared about us as soldiers. You know what I'm saying? Like, he always exhibited that in his leadership style. Okay, so, and please and do that. And so I felt that based on what I was experiencing, what I sensed in my gut, even about the sergeant first class, that he would hear me. It was really the only thing I could do because that's fucking inhumane. Number one, I'm not doing it. Right. I, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> Without I'm say, not fucking doing it. Without saying yeah. fuck you. The answer's no. No, I'm not, and then that's why and I'm you, here. You can just show up if you want. Whatever. You ruin, so, ruin so, your weekend. So you too. get out, did you walk or did you get out of the car? What did you do? So no, it was down in the, it was like a big, huge building. It was down in the basement was the first sergeant's office. So, so I walked down there. And, and there's the second sergeant. And there's the sergeant first class. Sorry, which is in charge of the He's guy that. He's E7. Which is the guy that's in charge of the D Sherbert, Sherbert. He's an E5. Okay. 
and then the first sergeant's an E8. <laughs> it only goes up to and nine. And so what was the uh, sergeant first class doing down there anyway? He was, you know, reporting to the first sergeant. I mean, it's his job. He's, okay. You know, that's was he boss. waiting in the waiting room? Or yeah, was... he was like just outside the office. He had his book with him like he always did. You so know, he could pencil. go down his notes. Yeah, exactly. And he was either waiting to see him or he had just gotten done. I'm not I'm And not so really you sure. walk in. I walk in. And he goes, Heidenreich, what do you need? What do you need, Heidenreich? I said, I need to talk to the first sergeant. And what did he say? He said, about what? And I said, about what Sergeant Schubert has asked me to do this weekend. And he Which said, he was familiar with. Yeah. And he said, well, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. He said, well, what is it? And I was like, that's what I need to talk to the first sergeant about. And so here's the other thing. If you, as a soldier, request to speak, if you say, I need to talk to him, they have to let you talk to him. Really? Yeah. So you, you can't pull- be like, nope. See you later. And he said, can't we? He, he kind of pleaded with me a little bit like, hey, can we talk about this? And I was like, I need to talk to the first sergeant. So that, that will get you access. And that meant that he was coming in with me. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> because the first sergeant's question, why can't you handle this? Why does he have to come to me? He's coming to me because he doesn't trust you. And that's the kind of rash of shit that but, went but, out, but he's- I sat with the first sergeant and I finally got in there. He's like, what's going on, Hyden Wright? And I said, and, and the dude's sitting right there in the and, room. Yeah, yeah, he's sitting right there in the room. Give it to me. Tell me what you said. Tell me what he said. Tell me the feeling in the room. You yeah. had to have your balls. Your stomach had to be. Oh, I was absolutely the Heart. most nervous I'd ever been in my life, or up there. You know, I mean, you're almost shaking. You know what I'm saying? He's hurting me. Yeah, you're almost shaking. But I just said, first, aren't look. I was like, I know it's a big deal for me to be in here, for me to go straight to you. You know, with respect to Sergeant Blank and Sergeant Blank, you know, the reason I need to come to you is because this guy's got it out for me. He said that he has it out for me. People have come back and told me that that he's told them that he has it out for me and he's treating me unfairly. I realize that not being at formation and being late does, it is wrong. And it warrants a punishment. And it warrants a punishment. And I'm willing to accept that regardless of the circumstance. But what he told me to do is not right. It's just not right. I can't sleep. I'm, I'm required to get a certain amount of sleep. And it's true. A soldier is required to get like six hours of sleep while he's in garrison. So I'm required to get a certain amount of sleep. And this doesn't allow me to do that. And it's just, it's cruel. And it is destined to fail because there's no way I'm going to do this. So he's setting me up for failure so that he can take this punishment and put in a harsher one and take everything to the next level. He's just trying to like get, he's just trying to ratchet it up on me. And I was like, I'm trying to be the best soldier I can. I realize I'm not perfect. I realize that I'm late. I realize that there's disciplinary issues, but I am a 300 PT score. I'm one of the best riflemen in the entire battalion. You know, I'm really trying my best. But when I went to him last week, about something he just deflected it back down to and like i i like told on him you know what i mean and what and what did he say was he just sitting there quiet just listening yeah he was just sitting there dead quiet everybody was just dead quiet <laughs> Dude, i just had like a moment you know what i mean He's and like, was there an awkward like pause after so you kinda, I, yeah so I, I wrapped it you know what i mean here's the deal yeah i was just like look i was like whatever whatever it is that you decide to do is i'm gonna be accepting of it but you know, I'm just bringing this to you because I think it's unfair. I don't even want to be, I don't even want this guy to be my superior anymore. Like, he's sending me down a path that's not good for me, and I, I just don't understand. Like, I straight up, I just went all in. You know what I'm saying? The first sergeant goes, he sat there for a minute, and he was kind of like a skinny white guy, not really tall, had blonde hair, really perfect blonde <laughs> Like Ken? Yeah, perfect blonde military haircut, this guy. You know oh, what I mean? okay. Great shape, older guy, you know, been there. He goes, Heidenreich, he said, listen, I appreciate you coming to me. We'll work on this over the weekend. He said, you're hereby released for the weekend. Go do whatever you're going to do. Have a good time. And uh, we'll see you at formation Monday morning. Sergeant, first cast blank. I'm going to need you to stay here for a minute. <laughs> see you later, Heidenreich. <laughs> did you 
Boys, I'm going out. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh dear ass was, there. Boys, oh. you asked at formation in the morning. The Monday I was, morning. and I was reassigned to Sergeant Hudson, who was my motherfucking G. And so, and you, and you got along with him great. Oh, we're still boys today. You might have met him before. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. He lives here in Atlanta. Uh, whatever happened to Schubert? Don't know. <laughs> don't care. No, don't care. We should look him up, get him on the podcast. After that, I really got to rub it in their face, too, because I got picked up as the colonel and the sergeant major's driver, and that meant you're to be the example soldier. You know what I'm saying? And did he get to watch you in that position? Yeah, and I shined. <laughs> I fucking shined. Big, I shined. The first month that I was with them, I got the top PT score in the entire battalion. I'm what is a PT score? Physical training. Oh, okay, cool. So the PT test is you run two miles, right? Do as many push-ups as you can in two minutes and do as many sit-ups as you can in two minutes and pass a certain time on your run and number of push-ups and number of sit-ups. You just score a 100. It's scored from zero to 100. So you get a – and they have – if you do this many, that equals this score. So past a certain number of push-ups, you get a 100. So a 300 PT score is what you want. So I got I was 300 plus PT score. And then we went and we did a big, they call it a field exercise where you're out in the field for like months. You know what I'm saying? And you're shooting and you're fucking training and you, you know, you're doing all the soldier stuff, land navigation and gas chambers and yeah. And fuck. Yeah. You go in gas chambers for what? To breathe in the fucking gas and get choked out. Like you're like, like the concentration camps. Yeah, you get fucking put in the gas chamber. Like how they killed all the Jews? Not with gas that can kill you. It, it can't kill you. Oh. The gas can't kill you, but it chokes you. Oh, is this you to try to get breathe. your body acclimated to potential just to gas? to put you through some shit. You know to make I mean? you stronger. Yeah, I mean, to put you through some shit. We're now- I was in there doing push-ups. Yeah. And yeah. While Most of the were- time, you have to be in there, and you just choke, and you're just choking out, and your fucking eyes are watering. And you fucking snot and just everything's just, you're just fucking, you can't fucking breathe. You know what I'm saying? So I got in there and started doing PT, started yelling. Where's Heidenreich? He's still in there. And they were like, who the fuck is that? And they were like, that's Heidenreich. You know what I mean? The legend. So anyways, we had a day where it was the last range day. And on the last range day, at the end, you have a competition on the whole battalion. So the whole day of shooting. Because it takes a day for a battalion to shoot. And you go up there and you shoot for a while. All the scores. It takes a day for a battalion. So the ranges are unbelievable. It's just huge. And it's got like targets that look like like a body outline. And they fall. They come up, right? And Mm -hmm. they'll fall when you hit them. Like a body. And I mean, it goes from 50 yards to 350, 400 yards out, right? So the ones way out there are you know they're like they look like a little pebble right that's you know you got to hit and we're using steel sights right so all the day so and every time you hit one like there's a machine that's recording like your profile like you sign in you know what i mean it's like okay number and this isn't in an enclosed area no this is outside yeah so you sign in right and now okay go you know what i'm saying and you go through the thing and it records how many you hit, how many you miss, which ones you hit, which ones you missed, like the whole thing, right? So they tabulate the scores all fucking day long. And then they take like the top 10 and then the top 10 go at it until number one emerges and I won that shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty Yeah, cool. I won it. That's and dope. right in front of his fucking face. And I, guess what? I didn't have to listen to them anymore, anymore. I didn't have to fucking, I just looked at them like, yeah, whatever, bitch. Oh, yeah. You can't even tell me what to do. Like, they couldn't even tell me what to do. And guess what? I'm not going to be a formation. Yeah, yeah. The Sergeant Major goes, Heidenreich, listen, if one of these other NCOs tries to tell you to do something, you tell them to come ask me. Who said that? The Command Sergeant Major. The one that you went and talked to? The one that I was the guard for and the driver for. Oh, okay. So I was this the is, this guard is... and the driver for the command sergeant major who's yeah. for the NCOs and the colonel is the represents the officers. He's the highest ranking officer. So the command sergeant major and the colonel were my only boss. That's... So all of a sudden I went beyond their reach. 
you were. That's a, like a God thing, dude. You were a protected man. You were made. That's like a God. That's like in. in I, yeah, you're in, a made man. man now. You're like, in the mob. Like you, you're protected. You're done. No one's touching you. You just yeah. I, I somehow it happened. He's made. And he, it was in the, the strange thing about it. It was in the process. Dude, this story is deep. It was in the process of a big scandal that happened in Iraq. The waterboarding? Just all that crazy stuff that happened at that prison, you know. And it was when it was all being adjudicated by Congress. And we had been there. And I had to talk to, like, a panel of congressmen. They asked me all these questions and shit. It was crazy. Why? Because you were driving the some of no, the— I was, in, I was in the prison. I mean, I was there. Well, didn't you say that in a previous episodes or previous stories that when you started driving, you were having to pick up some high-level prisoners from the prison oh, yeah. and bring them to an, another section well, we created for interrogation? We created that service. You know, we were guarding the prison. Inter- we were guarding the interrogation sites. And so Entrepreneurial Ben... Hey, I was like, <laughs> why don't I streamline this? Yeah, thing? exactly. I streamlined it. So I streamlined it, and it was, that's, that was a business that we created. So once again, we went outside of the conventional chain of command. Because once we had that business going, we reported to the highest-ranking NCO there. And all the other NCOs were just doing their job. At one point, included being my boss, but not anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, which is smart, which is exactly how I would have operated. You know. But because of that service you created, so you didn't, you weren't in on some of those interrogations. Like at that point, you would pick them up and bring them to the interrogation site, drop them off. Yeah. And then what? Wait for to pick them back up. Right. And then take them back. Now, okay. So that. Now, these guys are in handcuffs, ankle shackles, tied together with a bag over their head. Oh, so you didn't even see their face. Sometimes you did. Yeah. You had to put the bag on their head. You said in previous that you did. Well, I don't know if you admitted it or not, but did you, you didn't know what was going on in some of those interrogation rooms, did you? Well, or did you have an idea? When you drop them off and you pick them back up to yes, trans- because I had been an interrogator prior to creating that business. Right. They but- made me an interrogator for a couple months. And then all of a sudden I was, in, they were like, hey. You know, we're going to put you guys, because we weren't interrogators. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's not what we did. But they, they were like, hey, we need this right now. And then they'd be like, hey, we need you guys to guard today, you know. And then we had a guard duty job. You know what I mean? So, but when you pick them back up, it was it obvious to the eyes that they had been put through the ringer? I mean, sometimes, man, you know. But you didn't know exactly they, what was going on, or were, did you have an idea? No, I didn't know. I mean, if I wasn't in there, but, you know, I mean, these people were in a horrible, horrible situation. To be incarcerated, you know, is just a horrible situation. And I was, too. I was not free to go wherever I wanted. I was stuck in the same place as they were. But the thing that Congress came down on was the waterboarding type. No, there, yeah, there was all different kinds of abuses that were going on. In that um, prison. Most of the people that were charged were the MPs who were, they were the ones who secured the prison all 24 hours a day, right? The keys to the locks and, you know, bring them food, bring them water, et cetera, deal with them. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like 24 hours a day was the MPs. So there was stuff going on they took pictures of and the pictures got out and that's how the whole thing started. I thought, like, you picture, I think there was a movie with Samuel Jackson where he was, like, an interrogator, but they brought him in. Yeah, that's a wild movie. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's a wild movie. And he's just, he's so calm, and he just starts torturing these people. Like, Yeah, for the most part, I mean, we had here, or not for the most part, absolutely, we adhere to the Geneva Convention, which allows certain things. It's, it's the laws of warfare, basically. And, you know, it doesn't allow for stuff like that right. um, to occur, you know. I mean, does it allow for a certain, like, level? You know, I mean, mostly Keep them up, wake, keep them yeah, up. Keep them awake. Starve them. Blast the radio, you know, no blanket, no pillow. What's the little water drip, the Chinese uh, water torture? Or what is it like? Yeah. Just, There's some brutal torture methods. Just drive you throughout fun. history, dude. Oh my god, we've talked about it yeah. here. 
The Brazen Bull. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, I know. That just sounds unbelievably horrible. No, but we've talked about that on you know in you know previous uh, previous episodes and stuff like that. But that's crazy, man. But yeah, I think really the takeaway going back and thank you for your story. Thank you for your service. Well, so the point I was getting at is that as all that was going down after we got back to Germany, okay, and I was like in trouble again because I was like one of the names on the list because I had been there. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, I did my congressional interview, and I think it went well. And directly after that, the sergeant major of our battalion, not the command sergeant major, but just like the sergeant major, came and said, hey, the colonel and the command sergeant major want to inquire as to if you'd be interested in being their driver. It's a very honorable position, Heidenreich. Do you want to accept? I need to know right now. And I said, I accept. And from that point forward, I was... You were the fat dick daddy. I became, I was lifted from oppression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a smooth sailing from there. Yeah. It was, it it was just fucking awesome. awesome. So did you get to spend, did you get to talk to these people a lot? Who? I mean like the people you were driving. Oh yeah, dude. We were boys. We were good. We're still friends. So, and at that point you, where would you drive them? All over Germany, all over different military bases all over how many bases were there where were you stationed a lot a lot of bases in germany there's a lot of u.s military in germany we have a lot of stuff now but germany has their bases as well yeah yeah they have an army as well well of course but we're cool with them we don't really hang but you guys have multiple bases inside germany oh yeah that are owned by the u.s government oh yeah absolutely they're huge Ever since World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're unbelievable. So when all all kinds of different ranges, the, both of them, the colonel was a ranger and the sergeant major was special forces. So they were badass. They were bad mofos. And they, and you know, that's when you hold rank like that and you're a badass like that and you're like in your, they were in their time. They were like in their prime. They were like the peak, just the absolute peak. And a lot of people go through their peak, but not as a command sergeant major who's, you know, controlling a battalion, you know, former spec ops, like the whole thing, and you're running shit in Germany, you know. So how old do they have to be now? Those guys were probably in their early 40s. So they're in their 60s. They were like our age. 60s now? Yeah. But they were like our age, and I was like 20. Right. You know what I'm saying? You were a puppy. But they had been through their thing, and I was just getting started. They had big plans for me, but I came home and got in a car accident crushed my whole body couldn't even go back to germany and so you got a honorable discharge yeah yeah but it was wonderful it was wonderful it was a wonderful time i don't know how we got on well no thank you for listening thank you for allowing me to to tell more all my past (laughs) well no i think it it goes back and and we can we can wrap it up you know i know we went down a different road but it all started when we were talking about i think the takeaway is get comfortable with the booze yeah if the sound of booing doesn't haunt you, well, dude. and you get to a point where it won't haunt you, you get to a point where you almost want it. You have reached a new level of performance because it doesn't matter what people say, yeah. and it doesn't matter what the haters are going to say and what the haters are going to do to try to tear you down. Yeah. Celebrate that. Absolutely. And when you can get to the point of, and I'm not saying you hate Trump, love Trump, but that is one comfortable place that that man sits in. He doesn't care. And it probably fuels him. Like, you know, to the average person, a no is just like a boo, yeah. right? Like, I mean, essentially it is. A series of no's is yeah. a series of boos. Right. Boo! 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 boo. Loser, <laughs> small deck, no. You know, it's so funny. I went to Buckhead this week to have lunch with one of my mentors, Tom Morris. Shout out to TM. He's a baller, isn't he? Baller. So he takes me to the Cherokee Club. Ooh. I go pick him up at his house. He takes me to the Cherokee Club. I don't for even lunch. know where that is. It's, it's in fast. Buckhead, like near the governor's mansion. Ah. It's unbelievable. Anyways, we're sitting there, and he's like, you know, you got to get your 50 no's a day. That's always been his thing with me. He's like, you got to get your 50 no's. 
He'd you get your 50 no's. You're going to go get your 50 no's. You got to do 50 no's. He said, I, that's what I did. I got 50 no's. He's 80 now. Oh, is he 80? He's 80. Yeah, I met him in his 60s. You've known him for 20 years. Mm. Doesn't he have a badass house? Unbelievable. Is that the one that has like, I think I've seen pictures you posted one oh, time. Oh, it's insane. Like it's have crazy. mummies or some shit in yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Is that the one? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on in there? I was there the there? other day. Yeah, I've known. Is that. there mummies? Is that what it is, or what, what was it? No, like he's got a, like a King Tut yeah. thing, but it's not. It's not real. No, I mean? but it's, no, but, but it looks like King Tut's tomb. Or tomb. Yeah. yeah, is the whole house done up with weird shit like that? The basement just has all kinds of weird like movie stuff, and that's that's the basement. Oh, I mean? okay. It has like movie props and stuff. Oh, you know what I'm stuff so, he's collected. Yeah, because it's a big theater down there, and it's all about like watching movies. And oh stuff, my god! You know what I mean? So. But yeah, yeah, no, the house is freaking dope. As a matter of fact, damn, he's got some Dolly paintings. I was taking Salvador. Yeah, yeah. So I was taking real ones. Yeah, no, but signed prints. So they, you know, you have a real, the right. real one, and then they they call the Galish cliche. They do the Gleesh. copy or whatever, yeah, yeah. and and Dolly signed it, and it was one of eighty four. But when did Salvador Dolly die? Like that. He's been dead for a long ass time, hasn't it? I don't know. Has he got anything from Da Vinci? <laughs> no, but he's got some crazy stuff. He's got he does have a real dolly. Does he? Yeah, and he's got he's got a couple. But of yeah, those signed prints cool. are probably worth a fuckload. Oh, jeez, unbelievable. Yeah, so, so your fifty nose. Did you get your fifty nose? Well, it's you know that's a big challenge. That's a huge challenge. The answer is no. I mean, I didn't get my fifty nose. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do get fifty nose in a day. But do I have 50 no's every single day? I mean, the level of discipline that that requires is incredible. Oh, it's, it's insane. But the results that it produces. It's insane. Undeniable. In insane. Insane, the, the results that that produces. Regardless of your venture, regardless of whatever service or product you're selling. Yeah, 50, 50 no's a day will move the ball. I promise. Oh, yeah. I promise. Especially compounded over, say, three months. Oh, my God. I mean, you'll be so busy, you won't know what to do otherwise. Yeah. You won't have time to get your nose anymore. That's right. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> you will no longer be able to get yeah. nose. Yeah. You'll be dealing with lots of yeses. Yeah. You know? you'll, uh, you'll, you'll be reminiscing on the days when you could spend time in your sweatpants in your office comfortably doing 50 drinking nose. coffee yeah with getting, your pants off yeah getting 50 nose with a notepad right now you're, you're suited and booted <laughs> and you're out in the game that's right <laughs> I, I mean that really is that is remarkable you if you think about it 50 nose i didn't get 50 nose all week i know because it's hard that's hard but that's what i tell like anybody in business and it's so funny it's almost like when I meet with him and he does that to me, it's almost like him like kind of hitting me on the head yeah. with a newspaper or something. Yeah. Idiot. Like the old man, he's like, did you get your, hey, 50 nose. You know, I'm telling him about all my plans and all my ideas. Uh, well, did you get stuff. your 50 nose? Like, or you ain't doing, <laughs> you ain't doing shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, you, you living know? in a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's what it's all about. I mean, we have to rely on those around us. It's so important, the people that we spend the most time with, you know, because we have to rely on the people around us for wisdom. You know, wisdom is the greatest thing. And um, it's the principal thing. Yeah, it's wisdom is the thing. And when you can spend time with people who have wisdom, you know, they can be part of that upon you. But that's a responsibility, too, because you have to you should now be responsible for taking that message to others. You know, and, but even more than taking because it, because that's the ultimate business plan. I don't care what business you're in. I do not care. It doesn't matter. So well, therefore, you can do anything you want to do. Well, it's, it's one thing when somebody who has the wisdom and is willing to share it and impart it to you, but then there's the responsibility of not only infecting people with it around you, yeah. but also employing it. Yeah embracing it yeah. and implementing it into your own life. That's the hard part, you know? S sometimes. But it's, you know, I heard Jeff Bezos say today, actually, and it was an amazing comment. He said, you know, stress doesn't come from working hard. Stress comes from various types of not taking action. 
<laughs> Various types of laziness. L and S. Which is short for laziness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amongst other things. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst other acronyms. <laughs> so can we... Can we point, <laughs> speaking of LNS, yeah, yeah. a friend of our family is now a father, and I think we should give Casey Garjulio, yes, the king of LNS. That's right. <laughs> give him a round of applause. Everybody. Everybody. He is the proud yeah. father of a healthy, beautiful little girl. Little girl. And he... He's, he's in a, a bad girl. He, he's in a world of hurt. He's in a daddy girl position. Did you uh, talk to him yet? Huh? Have you spoken with him? Oh, yeah. He's a new man. He's a changed man. Is he, though? You know, he's got love in his heart now. That's the important thing, you know? I mean, having a child puts love in your heart. It dude. does. You well, know what I mean? But see, with Case, from what I could see from the Facebook, right? right? The reveal right. of the baby's sex. Right. In all the photos leading oh, yeah, up he, to it, he was not as excited. He was not thrilled from from this was m from my perspective. The fact he wanted a boy, right? Yeah. When he heard he was getting a girl, yeah. Let's just say it became very dark around him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from the pictures he was taking, pictures where one should be happy right. and smiling, just, it seemed like he was he in a world. He true. never smiles in photos. Yeah, well, I wonder why that is. I don't, Does he hate his smile? Garge, why don't you smile? Garge. You have a beautiful smile. Well, you have a beautiful... You should show it, buddy. You have a beautiful mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you should show it, buddy. Yeah, buddy, let it out. No, but he's killing it, man. He's doing great. It's awesome. Super proud of him. Yeah, no, and, and I talked uh, to him the other dude, night. I went to his office the other day. Yeah. He's got a pimp office. Where's his office? In uh, Midtown, right next to Ponce. Really? Yeah. Is and that your first got, time there? It was my first time to his office. That's you know? nice. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, big, huge, exposed brick, 20-foot ceiling. Wow, when did he get an office? neon sign of his company. When did he get an office? You know, he's got a big team. Keller is, Williams is in still, town. Is it does he? The Golden Key Group. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. When did he start that? And it's got a G, you know? The Golden Key Group. Oh. Yeah, they're like one of the biggest teams. Really? Yeah. So he's doing all right then? He's doing great. Okay. Yeah, he's doing great. So he's not doing Willow, Zillow anymore? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck he's doing. I don't know. But that's awesome. Yeah. So he's just got a group in Keller Williams. That's dope. So he's working out of their offices? Yeah. Oh, very cool. But he's got like the... The big Mac Daddy corner. Oh, does he? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, let's just wrap it up in a bow. I mean, I guess you could say amongst Ben's beautiful storytelling and, and historic past. But the takeaway is get used to the booze. Get used to the nose. Use it as fuel. Get comfortable with it. If you can go to sleep listening to people booing you, guess I mean, what? When you get booed on stage... You're not going to care. I, yeah, I would say this. Like, I didn't stop doing what I was doing as a result of that because I had a vision for what I was doing. And I think that's the most important thing. And a confidence. you, you got to have that confidence as well with yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, you know, you have to have a vision around, you know, one of the hardest questions to answer is what is it that you really want? If you can really answer that question, then there's, if you can really define that to yourself, the 50 no strategy will get you there. And, and you can figure out what that means. Well, it's just it's that know? thing. You're, what, 2,000? 2, 2,000 cold calls away from everything you want, like, essentially. From anything you want. So those 50 no's add up to 2,000. Easily. Very easily. Quick. Quick. If yeah. you think about it. How Quick. many days is that? Five days a week if so you did 50, it. 250 50. a week. Well, we didn't necessarily say yeses either. So 50 no's is more than 50 contacts likely, but it could also be 50 contacts because the well, truth is saying. you're not going to get 50 no's in a row. You're going to get some maybes and you're going to get some yeses along the way. I well, promise. Oh yeah. You. Right, right, right. But you know 50 at 250 a week, it only would take you less than two eight months. weeks, two months to get 2000. That's why I say a quarter, one quarter, you could change everything. One quarter. Three months, three months, three Do months. That. Do that. Change now I'm pumped up. I'm going to change yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, with regard to real estate, you know, I've been going after a lot of big land deals. Yes. And 
the conversation is you may not be interested in selling. If not, I wouldn't blame you. But if you want to look at I was offer, to bring you an offer, offer. Correct. That's the spiel. Would you be interested in seeing what yeah, it says? Right. And isn't it amazing? And that was my whole thing because I have a real estate history and a past and I used to celebrate the art of door knocking and driving up in your long ass driveway back into the woods. Dude, I've been thinking about a whole persona. Like I even thought about a cowboy hat. You know what I mean? Like Yellowstone. <laughs> like You know what I'm saying? Like, like for billboards and shit? No, like when you show up at people's house. Like because oh. I do a lot of Did land. Did the cowboy come yeah, and see you? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, or something like Ben H the cowboy. You know, having some well, maybe it's not even a cowboy. I just thought about it. Maybe not maybe even a cowboy. It's some assless chaps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like It'd be funny, like, to... What if you rode up on a horse? No, the truth is, you know what I've just decided, and this is something that I've been saying for six or seven years, and I just... I I really think it's one of the best things I could do is get a full-time driver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would make the thing... I mean, but do you need it? It would change my life. Oh, so you could be on the computer... Oh, man. But I, I can could, make phone calls. I almost use my car as a place to just knock out phone calls and stuff. Well, I know, but you're also driving at the same time. Well, but if you have, if you're prepared and you have the list in a way that where you're not at, like having ima- to fuck with your phone. like Okay, fine. That's fine. And now imagine, because I don't go anywhere. I go from place to place. I'm not going from here to my office. I'm going from here to this place, 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 to this place. You know what I'm saying? And so in between, I have that little bit of time, but I'm also driving. Now imagine I'm sitting in the back seat of something very comfortable. I've got my laptop. I've got my water. I've got my phone. You know what I'm saying? And how much more? It'd just be incredible. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, I don't know how would. Well, for you, no, because you don't really... I, I'm talking about... I yeah. visit, I'm talking about... Okay. But we're on a busy day for you. You're driving or you're seeing this property, this property, on this... On most pro- days. Today. Yesterday. The day before. Right. Every fucking day. You're driving 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Oh, here, there, everywhere. Because you have to be out in it. The phone is one thing. You're going to establish contact. But contracts get signed on site with ink, you know? You don't do the e-sign? I do the e-sign, too. <laughs> But, you know, you have to go sit with people. Yeah. You got to go talk to them. If you're going to get 50 no's, how about 50 in-person no's? Oh, that's a beautiful thing. I 50 in-person no's. You couldn't do that in a day. Be hard. Be hard. Oh, you could. You just have to park in a neighborhood and fucking walk around, which yeah. is what I used to do. We used to do. We yeah. used to fucking just park and walk. Park and walk. Park and walk. Knock on doors. Park and walk. Park and walk. Park and walk. All right, man. Well, we'll wrap it up. I got to go. Yeah. Ben's got to leave. It's the Man Fuse Podcast, 770-744-5227. That is your call to action. Your call to engage with us. Share your thoughts, your feelings. Manfuse.com. Foo Media.